Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey everyone, it's Nicole. And it's Ben. And you are listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. controlled myself you controlled yourself how so because i wasn't all a true crime podcast i just said it like a normal person it's like anytime you do that it reminds me of like a car going by like a true crime podcast so there you go well done welcome to wicked and grim and happy new year okay is this our happy new year one the first of the new year uh yeah, it's only January 3rd right now as we're recording. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2022 right now. Okay. Well, shoot. I could have started with a happy new year. But you didn't. But I didn't. I missed it. I dropped the ball. We could redo and I could just down this beer and open another one. Sure. Let's do it. Should we? No. Forced alcoholism. Why not? <laughs> Look at you. Uh, I'm drinking um, flavored water. So that's I, slightly disappointing. I know what it is. <laughs> that's but slightly it's responsible. D- it's delicious. That's what it is. It's responsible. I need to drink more water. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm sure a lot of people, Mika's lapping up water over here. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Clearly, her New Year's resolution is to drink more water, too. Yeah. And, and she's very loud. She is extremely loud when she drinks. Mm-hmm. She makes a giant mess, water all yep. over the floor. Yeah. So. That's what it's like living in a tiny home with Mika, creating puddles in our house that we step in. And she's never quiet. <sighs> never. 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 So, do you have a New Year's resolution? We haven't talked about New Year's resolutions yet. In our house, you mean? Yeah, you and I have not talked New Year's resolution. Do we have New Year's resolutions going? Well, I kind of posted some, actually. And? And? What were they even, though? I should probably know them. Hey? <laughs> no kidding. If they're own, your own New Year's resolution? Wow. But, okay, I don't really do... New Year's resolutions per se. I don't really because either. I think yeah. almost at any time in the year you should be trying to improve or set 100%. new goals and stuff. Like I don't think it just has to be done at the beginning of the year. Oh yeah, and then so people I'm are saying, like, oh well, I didn't do it in January, so I'll just wait till next fucking yeah. year. Like, like restart no. whenever you want. Really, exactly. It's kind of my thought. Um, but I definitely want to be. I I had said something about putting myself a bit more first because I overbook myself immensely for your business with yeah. photography like it's 100%. disgusting it really is it really fucking is so to basically like schedule downtime a little bit more for for moi that's a good call good call mm-hmm. mine is to hopefully uh nurse my arm back to health so i can go to the gym 
Right. Because for those who don't know, I have, I have like tendonitis, like tennis elbow, like crazy in my arm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping to nurse that so I can go back to the gym. Lift some weights. Yeah, get I'd swole really love F. We can't even go back to the gym until Ugh, the 18th. 18th, maybe. Yeah, COVID. Because they're closed because of COVID. <sighs> yeah. Dang. Story of our life. Well, instead of going to the gym, how about setting sail on the high seven seas today? Sure. 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 Because that's what we're Sounds doing intense. in today's podcast. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so coming up, I've got some pretty gruesome stories coming down the pipe. So I thought, you know what? I better mix in some not so gruesome ones. Right. We've been talking about that, actually. Uh, so this is definitely a not so gruesome one. Okay. This is an unsolved. This is a mystery. This may very well not even be a crime, but it could be. Hmm. Who knows? That's intriguing. So. Let's set the scene, shall we? Okay, let's do it. Okay, I just got to say that was really fucking smooth with my hood as I threw that up. Yeah, if only people could see what you're doing. Right? I got my hoodie on. I just like, as I said, set the scene. I just flipped my hood up and it perfectly landed over top of my headphones, everything. Like business time, basically. It's business. It's business time. Motherfucker, we're talking about the seven C's on business time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. Here we go. Imagine setting sail on that open sea. Not today, though. Go back in time a bit. We're going to go to the 1800s. We're talking wooden ship, you know, with the grand masses, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's exploring the world, hauling cargo to places where the residents never seen such good from other nations. The waves crash against the wooden hull of your ship as you work long days in in the sun being misted by the cool ocean water. Slowly, the sun begins to set in that horizon. With nothing but water surrounding you, or so you thought, until you spot something off in the distance. Another ship. Something isn't right, though. It's not just another ship, per se. The ship is moving erratically and in a very odd path. Your ship gets closer, and soon you're able to see that the sails aren't set, And that there are ropes dangling from the masses in a way that, you know, it just shouldn't be. Finally, you notice that you don't see anyone manning the ship. Not a single person is on deck. No one's manning the sails or even at the wheel. The ship is drifting on its own. You and some of your crew board the vessel to investigate. and You don't find a single person left on board. The ship has lost its crew somewhere and somehow. You thought, you know, the thought crosses your mind that as you scan the horizons for survivors, is your ship destined to be abandoned as you're swallowed by the sea? Or is there someone or something out there watching and waiting for their moment to do the same to you on your ship? (laughs) Wow. So that's intense. This is the story of the ghost ship known as the Mary Celeste. See, I've never heard of this. No, I don't know. Is it well known? Would you say in the ship community? It is definitely (laughs) a large tale. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, we. I think I've announced it on here that I kind of will avoid ships. Why do you avoid ships? Well, I would never go like on a cruise ship. I don't oh, think, yeah. Okay, yeah that. I know that. Yeah. 
Because this shit would ha- could happen. The ocean is scary as it's fuck. So, okay, I'll swim in the ocean. Well, yeah, I'll swim in there, I think-ish. Well, okay, I'm going to do a really Depending. quick Google search here because this is something I actually should have looked up, but I didn't. Um, like, what percentage of the ocean is unexplored? It's uh, very high, right? Oh, it's ridiculously, ridiculously high. Because that's, oh, oh it's so scary. Like, there's things living in there that we don't even know what they are. Oh, yeah. We're discovering new species, like, on the daily. More than 80% of the oceans remain unexplored. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. I do like oceans. I love being by the ocean. But it does, like, terrify the shit out of I me. I love being by the ocean. I sure as hell don't love being in the ocean. But remember, like, when we've gone away, we've gone snorkeling and stuff, and we were okay with it now yeah, i don't know if I you're okay. you're protected by like coral reefs and shit yeah they're taking you to good areas and stuff at least we think dun, dun, dun. yeah <sighs> okay but yeah snorkeling in like 15 20 feet of water is a little bit different than being out oh, in like 200 plus feet of water shit could still happen oh fuck yeah bud in 15 20 feet Remember that one fish that scared the shit out of me in Jamaica? Was following you. It was fucking following me. It wasn't okay. This little fucking fish. It was. I'm going off on a story here. I'm sorry. Um, this fish was maybe two and a half feet long. It was super skinny. It was. It probably weighed. I don't know three pounds at best. Like it was small. It was small, and it was kind of like it was like a barracuda looking motherfucker, but it was not a barracuda. But it looked like a barracuda, but it was not a barracuda. Okay, and I think it had. If I recall correctly, it had five black dots down its body. But this fucking thing was following me as I was snorkeling. <laughs> and it was giving me the fucking stank eye. It was like, what the fuck are you doing it here, bro? It just curious. Either that or it wanted to kick my ass. One or the other. And I'm pretty sure this three pound fish could have kicked my Probably. ass. It was mean mugging me. You were terrified me. of it. I was. It was mean mugging me. And it was doing that for like a good 10, 15 minutes. I think it made you stop snorkeling. Yeah. At one point, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> so that shows how i am yeah. in the ocean okay so i think we're like the same yeah oh my gosh okay anyways so the first aboard the future mary celeste or sorry <laughs> here we go the first board of the future mary celeste was laid in 1860 at the shipyard of joshua Dewis in the village of spencer's island on the shore of the bay of fundy in nova scotia canada Oh, I was like, I know that place. You do? Never been there, but we know it. Yeah, it just rang a bell. I was like, ooh. Yeah. The ship was constructed of locally felled timber. Classic for Canadian. We have a lot, a very huge forest industry here. Um, and was what you'd call a brigantine. And that's known as a ship with two masts. So the masts are the straight up parts that hold the sails. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. She was, and I say she because it was a tradition and is to consider ships female, uh, referring to them as she, although it may sound strange, like referring to them as an, an odd, if for referring to an inanimate object as a she, sorry. Um, it relates to like the idea of a female figure, such as like a mother or a goddess guiding and protecting the shipping crew uh, sort of thing. Okay. So it was, it was it's like a term of endearment, or a praise of anything sort of thing. But I think we do that with a few things, really. It doesn't seem super abnormal to me. Oh, well, we do. And that's where it derives from, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So she uh, was carvel built, which means the hull planks were laid edge to edge, edge to edge and fastened to the frame rather than overlapping like shingles on a house. Oh, okay. So just like you would lay down like floor planks in your house, mm-hmm. edge to edge, 
that's kind of how the outside of the hull was laid. Oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of like forming a smooth, smooth surface, rather. Right. Her construction was completed, and she was officially launched on May 18th, 1861, given the name Amazon, and registered at a nearby Pasboro on June 10th, 1880, or 1861. So she was not known as the uh, Mary Celeste just yet. She was known as the Amazon. So it only t- it took them about like a year to, to build that, eh? Uh, so? you know, I didn't compare the years. Yeah, about a year. Okay, interesting. So the Amazon was 19.3 feet long. So 19, 99. I am going through errors like okay, crazy Okay, I right was now. like, oh, that's not very long. Yep. 99.3 <laughs> feet long, my apologies. 25.0 feet wide with a depth of 11.7 feet and weighs in at almost 200 grossed tonnage. Wow. So, yeah. She was owned by a local consortium of nine people and among the co-owners was Robert McClellan, sorry. McClellan, the ship's first ever captain, but certainly not her last. Hmm. For her maiden voyage, in June on 1861, the Amazon set sail to to the Five Islands, which is a rural community in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. I am stumbling today. I am so sorry. Yeah, how many beers have you drank? I have drank four sips of this one. Maybe that's the problem. I need so to drink can't, more. So we can't blame it on that, eh? Right. Um, and this community has like an a pop, approximate population of about 300. I don't know if that's current or back then. Mm-hmm. I would assume it's current. I didn't do my research on that. It's not too important. Uh, to take the cargo of the timber for of timber uh, for a passage across the Atlantic Ocean to London. Okay. That's quite a journey. Definitely is right across the Atlantic. Now, after supervising the ship's loading, Captain McClellan began to fall ill. He is reported to have had a bad fever, shortness of breath, and coughing a lot. Some of the crew were even to have reported seeing bits of blood and mucus in, cap- in the captain's handkerchief as he barked orders to the crew between coughing fits. Oh, no. Yeah, his condition didn't get any better. In fact, uh, it got worse. So he doesn't even get to really be like legit captain uh, on sea. No. I mean, technically, he saw its maiden voyage begin. So yes, but I mean, like, I think that you're, the voyage would be, like, the most important yes, for the for captain, sure. right? All he managed to do was go from Nova Scotia to Nova Scotia, basically. Because he set sail out to get the timber. And then after that, it returned home in to Spencer Island mm-hmm. uh, rather than going ahead with its delivery. And there, once it returned home, Captain McClellan died on June 19th. Boo. Yeah. That sucks. This, however, is where the story really starts. Okay. This marked the beginning of the bad luck that would fall upon the ship. And for some, the moment when Captain McClellan's spirit imbued itself into the ship and cursing it forever. Oh, so they think that he came back to haunt it. Some say. There's no reports of a haunting, per se. Mm-hmm. But some Almost said, jinxed it, kind of. Yeah, like the ship was cursed, kind yeah. of thing. Huh, Interesting. Now, a man by the name of John Nutting Parker took over as Captain <laughs> Nutting. Okay, I was like, <laughs> how did you just say that with normal? <laughs> I almost, I tried to keep going, but then, yeah, I had, I had to. You couldn't. No, I couldn't. I just couldn't. <laughs> so a man by the name of John Nutting Parker took over as captain soon after uh, and resumed the voyage to London. Uh, in the course of which the Amazon encountered further misadventures. She collided with fishing equipment at the Narrows of Eastport, Maine, uh, 
and after leaving London, ran into and sank a brig in the English Channel, literally colliding with another ship. Okay, sorry, this is the new captain? Yes. Ugh. So. That's ta- that's That doesn't seem like a good resume. Three major mishaps on his maiden voyage. Yeah. And definitely not a good resume for the captain, no. <laughs> no. Yikers. Uh, now, Captain Parker remained in command for two years, during which the Amazon worked mainly in the West Indies trade. In 1963, Captain Parker was succeeded by Captain William Thompson, who remained in c- command until 1867. These were quiet years, apparently. Not a thing unusual happened. In October of 1867, at Cape Breton Island, the Amazon, however, was driven ashore in a storm. And it was so badly damaged that her owners simply abandoned her as a wreck. Right? Seriously? Yeah, just, no, fuck that. Totally fuck it, not I'm out. It. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That was fucking weird. My phone just started listening to us. What do you mean? It, like, talking to Google, it just started listening to it. It just started, like, showing the words we were talking. Cool. That's fucking Love cool. that. Thanks, Google, for listening to us. Oh That's great. Oh, my gosh. Well, the phones listen to literally everything you I say. Know. It's I quite know. creepy, actually. It's, it's just creepy when it doesn't care to hide it. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm listening to you. What are you going to fucking do about it? <laughs> Anyways. So... She didn't stay a wreck for long, though, however. On October 15th, she was acquired as a derelict, which essentially is a legally a legal abandoned purchase. Okay. So, so they still have to purchase it, though, hey? Yes. Why? Who are I, they giving the money to? Well, think of it as like the bank sort of thing, right? Like oh, it, like it's a foreclosure almost or yeah, something. Yeah, something kind of like that. I didn't go into two. It looked like yeah. it was a complicated thing to look into. I'm like, That's fuck fine. that. It's minor details. That is, yeah. So someone... By the name of Alexander McBean. 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 Look at these names. Right? I love it. Uh, he he purchased it legally. Uh, now, within a month, Alexander had turned around and sold the wreck for a profit to a local businessman, who in November of 1868 sold it again to Richard W. Haynes, an American mariner from New York. Hmm. Now, Haynes paid a total of $1,750 for the wreck which is equivalent approximately to $51,754 U.S. dollars. Sorry, all this is U.S. dollars uh, today. And then he spent $8,825 restoring it, which is equivalent to $260,945 U.S. dollars. So essentially he spent $300,000 on this ship. Okay, because I felt like at first, like he got it for a pretty good price. I mean, yes. I guess if it was maybe. completely trashed. I mean, it is a wreck. So Yeah, that's true. So he made himself captain and in December of 1868 registered her with the collector of customs in New York as an American vessel under the new name Mary Celeste. Mm, there so we go. here we are with the Mary Celeste that we know. The ship then. Oh, whoa, I totally just accidentally changed fonts. Sorry, I don't know how I did that. That was magic. <laughs> Shit's weird today, guys. I'm sorry. You're not having any luck over it's there, the are you? It's the fucking curse of this ship. It's it's coming through this oh podcast today. Oh my gosh, today. you brought this into our home? I think I might have. Oh, I hate that. This is fucking, this is creepy shit. It's like, this should have been a Halloween episode right here. No Our shit. phone is listening. My computer's doing fucking magic. Nothing else better happen or I'm out. Really? That easy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. 
Oh no, the font's changing again. Peace. <laughs> okay, welcome to Wicked and Grim, where we talk about stupid shit. <laughs> Anyways, the ship then went again through new ownership as the tales of its mishaps and rumors of the curse followed it around. Oh, okay. For many, it wasn't anything more than a tale. However, it went under a bit more of an upgrade with its new purchaser. They enlarged her considerably. Her length was increased to 103 feet. Her width was 25.7 feet and her depth was 16.2 feet. And a second deck was also added. That almost just seems like building an entirely new ship. I know. I don't understand how, how you the, just make a ship longer, wider, and deeper. I don't get that at all. It makes no sense to me, but I mean, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make... Because it's not like it's a house that you just like add on to. Really? Yeah, Can I don't you just know. add on to a boat like that? Because it has to have like certain curves and stuff. I, right? I think. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I have no fucking clue. Very interesting. I am not a shipbuilder by trade, nor am I a I'm surprised ship you're add not. Onto-er. What? What? Because you have every other hobby under the sun. I like doing stuff. Maybe you should add this one to it. <laughs> Maybe I should. Welcome to Wicked and Grim, where we talk about true crime podcasts and build ships. Today. Yeah, next summer, Ben's going to build ships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We need to get back on track here. We're, we're off topic today a lot. On October 29th, 1872, the ship's new owner was that of James H. Winchester and her new captain, Benjamin Spooner Briggs. That name, I got to say, I might be biased a little bit because the name's Benjamin and I'm a Ben, but Benjamin Spooner Briggs. That is a dope fucking name. What's his last name? Sorry. Briggs. Briggs. Hmm. Strong. Right. So Briggs was born in Warham, Massachusetts on April 24th, 1835. One of five sons of sea captain Nathan Briggs. All but one of the sons went to sea, two becoming captains. His son Arthur was born on September 1865 and daughter Sophia Matilda on October of 1870. Now, by the time of Sophia's birth, Briggs had achieved a high standing within his profession. Nevertheless, he considered retiring from the, retiring from the sea to go into business with his seafaring brother, Oliver, who had also grown tired of the wandering life. They did not proceed with this project, though, but instead each invested in their savings in a share of a ship, Oliver in Julia A. Halleck and Benjamin investing in a share of the Mary Celeste. So he was technically part owner of the ship. You following? I definitely am following. You're just like yawning and nodding. Okay, no, I don't. It's just because it's late. It is late. <laughs> That's also Wicked and Grim style. I know, I know. Last hey, minute. But that, well, at least we're always get we get them out, right? That's most we important. We do, we do. Now, on October 1872, Benjamin, Benjamin Briggs, sorry, I love that name, took command of the Mary Celeste for her first voyage to Genova in Italy following her extensive New York refit. Joining him on the journey was his wife and infant daughter, while his school-age son was left at home with his grandmother. Now, Captain Briggs chose the crew for his voyage with care, and it included his first mate, Albert G. Richardson, who was married to a niece of the Winchester who owned the, the vessel okay. uh, and had sailed under Briggs before. With no other pre preparations needed, the ship began its fateful voyage on November 7th, 1872 sailing with a crew of 10 
individuals, including Captain Benjamin and his family. Oh, okay. So that's 10 people, including the yes. wife and one kid. Yes. There's Captain Benjamin Briggs, his wife and daughter, and then seven crew members. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The ship battled heavy weather on its journey, and it carried 1,700, I think, I think it's technically 1,701, but 1,700 barrels of crude industrial alcohol as its shipment. It was December 5th, 1872, however, that the ship was spotted on the open sea about 400 miles east of Azores Island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean by another ship by the uh. British brig Del Grotti. Okay, so sorry, I need to get this straight. So they left on which day? They left on November 7th. And then they were found float. The ship was found floating on December 5th? Yes. Okay. I don't know why, but I just needed to get that straight in my head. <laughs> you got it. You got, about a month. About a month. <laughs> a month. Okay. Uh, hold on. I have to also just say that'd be like so eerie. It like would to be. be in the middle of the freaking ocean and then you're coming across this boat that just like doesn't look right and stuff like oh, that's yeah. like nightmare material <laughs> that's fucking nightmare material for sure yeah especially once we get into theories here you'll really start like Ugh, couldn't okay. imagine but we got to get through the story first before we get to those theories the juiciness mm -hmm. so when crew members spotted the ship adrift in an aimless course with the choppy sea captain david morehouse who was the captain of the british brig the degrati mm -hmm. um was taken aback to discover the unguided vessel was the mary celeste which had left new york eight days before him and should have already arrived in genova italy he quickly changed course to head over to see if it needed aid nice guy upon approach they found the erratic motion of the boat was because there was no one manning it there was no one at the sails or the mast, no one at the wheel or even on deck. The sails were hung as if the crew simply stopped mid-job and never finished. So they were partially hung. There's also reports of there being some damage to the sails and the mast, though how extensive it was, I couldn't find. But that could just have been from that floating there for exactly. however long, right? And there was definitely rough seas around this time too. So yeah. it could have been unmanned sails and stuff, not being tied down, flapping in the wind, mm -hmm. shit breaking, right? Totally. Uh, so the reports that I could find, though minimum, didn't, like it wasn't extensive damage, kind of superficial stuff, like a little bit of shit broken here and there. Oh, okay. Because they probably don't know how long it was really even floating. Oh, they unmanned. Do. Oh, they do. Okay. They do. Because mm -hmm. all ships have a log. Captain's log. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll get into that though. Captain Morehouse sent aboard a party to the ship. Below deck, the ship's charts had been tossed about and some navigation equipment was missing. The crewmen's belongings were still in their quarters though. The ship's only lifeboat was also missing and a frayed rope dangled in the water behind the ship. And one of its two pumps in the hull of the boat had been disassembled. So the pumps to like pump out water that ships take right. on board. Because it's very normal. You know, a little bit of leak here and there. Rain. Totally. Splashing over. That sort of stuff. Yeah. And sorry, that was gone? One of the two pumps had been disassembled. Okay. Yeah. And okay. three and a half feet water was sloshing about in the bottom of the ship. Oh, okay. On top of all this, though, the cargo of 1,700 barrels of alcohol was largely intact. There was six months supply of food and water, but not a single soul to consume it. Its logbook 
shows nothing noted of any disturbances or anything was out of line. Its last entry was also 11 days before being found. Oh, geez, that's a long time. Yeah, that basically means that it had either been drifting alone for those 11 days or whatever happened had 11 days to take place. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, and I also have to say, too, that it's... um. Oh, whoa, my train of thought got distracted there. You good? I also feel like it's almost amazing that it got found or that someone crossed its path. Because if it had been just like, I don't know, going adrift for like 11 days or however long or whatever, like mm-hmm. it could never have been found really. That's true. Um, it would have eventually have run ashore and it would have eventually have been found or it would have eventually been capsized and never found exactly yeah so it is actually surprising and it's very surprising that someone found it on the open ocean like that yeah Mm -hmm. so the odds are pretty slim pretty slim now where am i at okay the degrati crewmen split up with some of the crew on its own ship and some went over to the mary celeste and sailed the ship some 800 miles to miles to gibraltar where a british vice admiral court convinced That's a sentence and a half where a British vice admiral court convened a salvage hearing. There we go. Uh, which was usually limited to determining whether the, the salvagers in this case, the degrati crewmen were entitled to payment from the ship's insurers because insurance is very much a thing here. Okay. So I'm actually surprised. I mean, what would you do? I guess you'd have to bring it back. eh? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they split up and, and piloted both of the ships ashore. Okay. Uh, but the attorney general, however, in charge of the inquiry, uh, Frederick Soli Flood, uh, suspected mischief and potential fraud and investigated accordingly. However, after more than three months, the court found no evidence of foul play. Oh, like thought these people might have done something. Potentially, yes. Huh, that is interesting. I never went there, but that, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there is no evidence, but uh, yeah. Anyways, eventually the salvagers received a payment, but only one sixth of the $46,000, which the ship's cargo had been insured, suggesting that authorities were not entirely convinced that the, the Degrati crew uh, were innocent. Okay, that's just shit. Here you're like almost doing a good deed, really. You could have just left it there and just gone on your yeah. way. And here you brought it to shore and they're like, fuck you. You or did something bad or they really did do something bad they could have they could have um there is also reports of like because they knew uh the captain had left new york eight days before them mm-hmm. the captains knew each other they're like he knew the course oh, okay he knew where he was going huh. so there is potential for premeditation there just to be getting insurance money kind of thing really would be or unless there was bad blood yeah well forty six thousand dollars then to now is that what they got or did they get one sixth of that oh they got one sixth of it but forty six thousand dollars is what it was insured for okay and they probably thought they would have gotten more potentially too 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. I'm looking up that in uh, US dollars today. See if I can find it. So that is approximately $1 million in insurance money. So Okay, that's a lot of money. That, that's that's definitely <laughs> enough to to get some to make yep. sure in, in, to commit fraud. Yeah, I I, I think so actually. <laughs> Cuz I don't know when you're saying these amounts it's kind of like eh whatever, but then yeah, you have to think about Exactly. time and yeah. So Since then though, the whereabouts of the crew on board the, the Mary Celeste has never been discovered and what happened to them can only be up for speculation. Now through the decades, any lack of facts have only spurred speculation as to what might have taken place and theories, of course, have surfaces, surfaced. And those theories range from mutiny to pirates to even mm. sea monsters. Oh, God. So. I'm not going to enjoy these theories, am I? <laughs> if you are ready, let us get into some of these theories. Okay. You good for it? Yeah, I'm totally good. Before we do, though, I want to hear what you have to think. What, uh, what would have happened to the Mary Celeste? What do you got? What do you think? I don't know, because I guess my thought is that it would be very easy to hide bodies in yeah. the ocean. Oh, yeah. Like how many dead bodies have been hid in the ocean, right? Oh, countless. A disgusting amount. So I would have to say that I think it was definitely by someone stewing. Because if it was like weather related or something, like I think that it would show more damage to the boat or whatever, right? Mm hmm. Um. I don't know that that now that you said a little bit more about that other captain, I'm like, oh, because it make it would be so easy for them to do that. It would be because they're the ones bringing it back and stuff. Yeah. They can stage everything right now. A little bit to add on to that. I should have mentioned this already. Um, eight days. I did say he was eight days ahead of the other ship, right? Mm -hmm. Eight days to catch up to a ship like that. It, like damn near impossible. Okay. So the fact that's kind of like assumed that that's not really a plausible assumption that it was fraud because the chances of that ship being able to catch up being eight days behind is pretty much like, yeah, no, it's right. got to be like if you catch up, but they would have had to have fucked up their path. For were they maybe up. thinking they'd cross their paths when they were coming home or going and coming home or something? Well, if they're coming home, they wouldn't have had their... Their shipment would have been delivered. Oh, touche. So. Touche. So more than likely, it's not insurance fraud, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was it wasn't them, but let me hear these other theories okay. and then I'm going to guess again. Okay. Well, let's start on the mutiny. Of course, this could be anyone for any reason, but the most popular individual. Um, well, there are there are two. There is a fictional one. There is a book written about this story, a fictional book where uh, a slave... Um, boards the ship as part of the crew and offs everybody as part of a revenge thing oh gosh so okay uh so i also that. don't think it's pirates i just realized something you don't think it's pirates well no because i think they would have taken everything exactly yeah but we'll, we'll talk about that when it gets to pirates um there's another one that comes to mutiny uh and we're talking about our dear old captain benjamin spooner briggs now, see, he was a very religious and I mean, very religious man. He would spend most of his spare time reading the Bible, memorizing passages, and even quoting verses to his crew when he gave out orders. The theory goes that in some sort of seasickness or madness, 
Briggs became delusional and clung to his religion for that like life raft sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, perhaps he saw his crew as demons of some delusions, or maybe he thought he heard the voice of angels, but for whatever divine reason he thought he was doing, he slayed each and every one of his crew members one by one and threw their bodies overboard, including his family. Then not being able to man a ship by himself, set off on the only lifeboat as an escape and was lost at sea. Oh, okay. Well, because you have actually, I've heard of people going a little bit loony on the, yeah. on the open water like that, eh? Definitely. It's a real thing. Well, I mean, I just think not being able to see land and stuff for so long, it's doesn't, it makes total sense. Well, and that kind of leads into another kind of a parallel theory with the mutiny specifically because mutiny is usually like being overthrowing the captain mm -hmm. so these kind of are mutiny-esque but okay. the real mutiny kind of theory um is some of the crew got into the alcohol now the alcohol is not for consumption it's industrial use like fucking isopropyl alcohol yeah but you're sailing the seas seeing the same fucking nine other faces all day and night you're getting the same sort of seasickness the delusions you want to fucking cut back a little bit and relax so you know you and the other crew members crack open one of the casks down below and you start drinking some industrial alcohol even though it might make you go blind oh god and for whatever reason you're drunken stupor you think you know what we could we could man this ship you know how talk gets when you start drinking totally. so they overthrow the captain and now as you overthrow the captain in mutiny you're now forced to captain it yourself right with a crew who's not used to captain position and they don't really know what they're doing. They realize their only option. They can't do this on their own. They see land nearby because there were islands out in the area. And they hit hitch on the lifeboat and try to hit shore, leaving the ship abandoned and they are lost at sea. So there's that theory as well. The hmm. actual mutiny theory. Interesting. I feel like, oh man, I guess the weather could, if there was any evidence though of like foul play, like blood or anything though, the weather could have wiped it away right the weather could have wiped it away and yeah. this is very unlikely i don't think someone would worry about this back then especially on the sea if you're going to abandon a ship but there is potential for them washing it away because i mean you have 11 it was found 11 days later mm -hmm. who's to say someone didn't slay everyone in one day and stayed on there for another five days before they took off right exactly but yeah. more than likely on a rough sea it would have been rain it would have been you know, water splashing on board, which probably would have washed away at least majority of blood if it all took place on deck. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to get to the pirates. This is pretty simple, straightforward. Like you said, you don't think it's pirates. Um, pirates simply caught up with the ship, boarded it, killing everyone and looted the ship. However, the problem with this, go ahead. They didn't loot. They didn't loot. <laughs> there was food, there was personal items and there was goods still on board. And this is pretty much just kind of moot yeah. this this is they would it would have just been bare they would have taken everything they these, could these are some terrible fucking pirates if they're pirates <laughs> looting this ship that is true we're gonna take over what are you taking your lives and that lifeboat <laughs> like Gosh, what terrible oh. okay so no <laughs> um this leads us to the sea monsters dun 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 this ship lost at sea now, how could this not be a theory? Honestly, sea monsters just saying. Now, imagine a colossal squid. Okay. okay. Do you know what that is? Well, it's kind of, is it kind of like from Pirates of the Caribbean? 
That's what I'm envisioning. Some sort of. Well, that was technically that was the Kraken, technically, but something like that. The Kraken <laughs> is potentially birthed from Colossal Squid, so you're you're in the right ballpark. But that one was definitely way bigger. However, okay. Colossal Squid can reach up to lengths of forty six feet. Holy heck! <laughs> okay, sorry, I do not like that visual. No, that's terrifying. And way up to at least eleven hundred pounds. Oh my gosh, no. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Now imagine the tentacles blasting from the water surface and grabbing someone on the crew right in front of you. Someone you work with getting just sucked into the ocean from one of these tentacles. Worst of all, their tentacles don't just have suction cups. Colossal squids also have barbs that can hook deep into your flesh oh on the gosh. tentacles. Okay, sorry. This is a real life thing? Colossal squid is a real life animal. Holy heck. Okay, this is why I'm afraid of the ocean. There's very few specimens to have ever been found, but it is a real life animal. I hate that. Now, as you run below deck trying to run from these tentacles, the tentacles follow you as the creature climbs on board, devouring anyone it can get a hold of. Now, it's said to a lot of deep sea creatures, as a colossal squid is a deep sea creature, can go for many times as up, or sorry, can go to as many lengths of up to four years without eating. So imagine a creature who hasn't eaten for potential of up to four years coming to surface, clinging on the ship and finding snacks. It is going uh, to feast. I don't know, though, because I think that there would be areas in the ship that it couldn't get to. Have you ever seen octopus and squids? They can live. They don't have skeletons. They can squeeze into oh super tight places. Hey, Ben, you were supposed to agree with that. Nope, definitely <laughs> not. So it grabs a hold of you as you try and hide, as you try and oh, run, wow. whether you jump overboard or you try and hide on the ship. One of the ways is not better than the other because you're doomed you're to either done. drown or get eaten. Yeah. One of the two. There's no way. And eventually, as the squid picks one of you off one by one, there is no one left and it just simply returns to the ocean, leaving a barren <laughs> ship. Holy, that one is wild. I, oh, so, like, the Kraken and sea monsters are clearly a thing of fiction, but the Colossal Squid, like I said, is in fact real and capable of devouring humans. It's just a matter of what are the odds, and is it actually likely that this would be the scenario? No, this is very unlikely. An attack on a ship like this but from a Colossal Squid has never actually been recorded. And would it know that it, those are tasty, that humans are tasty snacks? Well, I mean, if it tastes one... It's like Lay's potato chips. Bet you can't just have one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Queen's house. Like. Right? Uh, so yeah, that's that's the sea monster theory. Okay. Though technically possible, very unlikely. Probably as unlikely as the horrendous pirates who don't know how to loot. Now, another theory, theory states that the alcohol on board could have been the problem. Much like the, the mutiny, the crew drinking the alcohol causing mm -hmm. the problem this causing the problem but in a little bit of a different way some leaks in the cask could have caused fumes and fumes like this locked in the hull of ship could have caused one of two things poisonous conditions on board the ship and even worse the potential for an explosion so upon discovering the potential hazard the fumes building up in the hull captain briggs called for an abandoned ship they oh, all piled okay. in the lifeboat and tethered to a rope behind the ship, letting it air out 
with the potential of returning to the ship. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is until the rope that's holding your lifeboat attached to the ship snaps and everyone is lost at sea because they did find a frayed rope dragging in the ocean behind the ship. Wow. That's interesting, actually. So that's a crazy one. Huh, that very is plausible. really crazy. Now, the most plausible theory, however, is one from Anne McGregor, who created the documentary, The True Story of Mary Celeste. Where's this documentary? I actually didn't get to watch it. I read some art, a lot of articles on it, but I mm-hmm. have not watched the documentary myself. So okay. I know the gist of the documentary without watching it. Okay. I want to watch it, though. It seems pretty good. Now, using current charts from the time of the ship was at sea and logbooks found you know, mm-hmm. they discovered that Briggs was actually 120 miles west of where he thought he was. He was off course, probably because of an inaccurate chronometer. By the captain's calculations, he should have sighted land three days earlier than he actually did. Now, when I mean land, I don't mean land like London. I mean land as some of the islands in the area. Right. Okay. Now, notes on board also show that the day before he reached the the islands nearby, which is the Azores Islands, Briggs changed course and headed north for Santa Maria Islands, perhaps seeking haven. So he did change course. The night before the last entry on the ship's log, the Mary Celeste again faced rough seas and winds more than 35 knots. It is also learned that in the ship's history that it is In its previous voyage, the Mary Celeste had carried coal and that ship had recently been extensively refitted that we know of, right? Mm -hmm. What does 35 knots mean? Uh, It's it's a a measurement. Oh, okay, okay. Measurement of wind speed. Okay. I'm not too sure what that calculates out to, but yeah. It's a rough sea. Yeah. Uh, Coal dust and construction debris could have fouled the ship's pump down below, meaning it would explain why the pump was disassembled. They were trying to fix it. So here we go. With the pump unable to pump any incoming water, Captain Briggs would not have known how much seawater was in the ship's hull. It was too fully packed. All he knew was that there was a significant amount of water down there. They were down to one pump, which potentially could not keep up to the influx of water in the ship. Right. At that point, Captain Briggs, having finally and belatedly seen land, determined there was no way that they could survive on board the ship. It was going to sink, potentially. Mm -hmm. So he made a judgment call, issuing an order to abandon ship to head to the nearby land, where again, when everyone compiled on the lifeboat, they never made it to land, but they were lost at sea, leaving the Mary Celeste unmanned. Hmm. Wow. That is the last and the most significant theory that we have. And that is the story of the Mary Celeste. What do you think? I oh. think someone's got a text message. My bad. <laughs> um, I, oof, that it's a very insignificant piece of evidence to me, but for whatever reason, that frayed rope in the back is really leading me to say, you know what? There's a good chance they tethered themselves, which they could have tethered themselves to in the, the sinking ship scenario. They totally could have actually. Yeah. So I'm not too sure. I don't think it was any murderous rampage. I don't think it was really dumb pirates or the unlikely sea monster. I do think it was a, an abandoned ship for whatever hazard. 
and yeah, I th- I think Anne McGregor is most likely got the got it got it down pat. The, that's the pump one. Yeah, she's she's done her research. Mm-hmm. She's looked at the logs. She's looked at the the ocean flow charts and everything, and I think she's got it. Because yeah, as you were first kind of talking, I thought that um, someone hiding on deck could have be quite a potential but i also mm-hmm. think if if it was a rampage thing and it have killed everyone was murdered that there would have just been a shit show on deck like a lot of things would be broken or mi- or like knocked over or just like would look i don't know so i'm thinking i'm thinking one of these last two yeah i think most likely i think if there was murder there would have been some blood found on board yeah like under deck or something because if you're gonna murder 10 individuals or nine individuals if you are one of the crew members if you're going to murder that many people you're not going to be able to do it all on an open deck no you're going to be getting them one by one in nooks and crannies when they're down below when they're in their cabin when they're alone and that's going to be areas where there's not blood being washed away by water or rain be a or lot anything of cleanup. so i don't think there's any murderous rampage yeah I don't think there's sea monsters. I don't think there's pirates. I think it was an abandoned ship scenario. Which is so sad. Yeah. That they all decided to abandon and die. Like, oh. Now, potentially, it could have been the fact that that one captain from the other ship forced them to abandon ship and brought it in, the ship in for himself. Yeah, but then remember, he was, he would never have passed him. Yeah. So... So who's I don't to say? know about that one either. Unless maybe what if he hired some fucking pirates being like, yo, these guys are going to be out there. No, you know, get them off ship. We'll take it in and we'll get the insurance money and we'll split it. It's kind of sad that you'll just never know. Hey, I know. Hmm. But that is the story. Wow. That's a thinker. You think a lot. Yeah, it's a thinker. And if you think too much, you might get thunk. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything. I just said it because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but we'll put a post on Instagram. I'd love to hear what other people think. 100%. Let me let us hear what you have to say. Even if you have any theories we didn't discuss or if you want to add to the conversation, let's hear it on our socials. All the links are where? They are on Instagram. I'm like so terrible at this. The Instagram? links. Oh. The links. Down below in the oh, description shit. Down of this below podcast. The description. Yeah, you can find our Instagram, our Facebook, oh, our shit. website. You can buy merch down See, there. See, this is why you do this. And you can sign up for our Patreon. Be a patron. And if you really want to go give Nicole some words of encouragement, so maybe one day she can get get some lists, like, I don't know, conversation out there. And if I point to her and say, where are the lists? She can actually like get that <laughs> courage and be like, I know where the lists are. It's down below in the okay, description of this podcast. The one problem that I don't know where they are is because like that part of this podcast, you do. It's I, in the I've, description. I know, but I've never had to like post a description and like upload it or anything. So it doesn't come naturally to me that I just know that shit's there. Well, now you know. It's in the description. Ah. <laughs> now I know. Now you know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks Don't for forget listening. to, uh, like I said, check out those things in the description below. Our Patreon, our merch. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. You can also request different stories. If you have ideas, Absolutely. let us know. So thanks for listening. Stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.